the NBA draft is coming up this week. And we have Rockets insider Kelly Eco on to talk about, you know, the inside scoop at pick number four. And of course, the free agency is right after the draft. So we're going to be talking about the inside scoops on some guys that they could target, what their price range would be, and some other rumors that have been circulating in Rockets news. So stay tuned for this episode of the Brad and Will Show. You're going to really enjoy it. All right, and welcome back to the episode of the Brad and Will Show. I'm your host as always, Will. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bias Houston. Over there, we've been doing a bunch of, you know, the draft content, free agency content, just covering the Rockets, talking about, you know, summer plans with this team. So if you're interested in stuff like that, hit in over there. Um, I'll quickly shout out the Brado and Will page on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I think we even have a TikTok page now. So if you want to, you know, tap in with us over there, we really appreciate all the support you guys have been showing us on that front. And I'll pass it off to Brad. Yeah, on the Brad on Will front, make sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff before y'all, you know, continue with the episode. And of course, y'all know where to find me at Brad on NBA, Instagram, Twitter. I got y'all covered, stats, highlights, all that fun stuff, news, updates. Like I said, I got y'all. But we want to dive into this episode because we got Kelly Eco on the show. Uh, third time having him on, so we want to appreciate you again. Sure. Um, always a great, insightful episode when you, when you pull up. So, yeah, man. Uh, if people don't know it, then they should let them know where they can find you and what they should tap into. Uh, subscribe to the Athletic for sure. Um, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Kelly Eco. It's I K O, and subscribe to the Ecosystem Podcast. You know we're back up and running. Um, trying to do more on that front as well. Um, we got some good stuff coming this summer because just because you know we got to keep y'all busy, entertained, not just Rockets, NBA, other sports stuff as well. So, um, yeah, should be a good summer. Yeah, and before we kick it off, Kelly just had uh, Trevor Hudgens on. Get Eric Gordon on, on the Ecosystem podcast, so definitely tap in there, both. For sure. Appreciate really it. But we'll kick it off to Will for the first question. We're going to kick it off with some draft stuff. Yeah, so um, as of today, a lot of the the mock drafts and the, the talking points kind of point towards Eamon Thompson being the pick uh, for the Houston Rockets of the draft next week in right. pick four. Um, do you still feel that way that he is, you know, who the Rockets are going to be targeting there at pick four? And then, like, how concerned uh, do you think the Rockets are with his jump shot? So, at four, obviously, there's no correlation between, you know, who they select and potential, you know, additions in trades or free agency. They're just looking at best player available. So, when it comes to finalizing their draft, I think they're still in the process of doing that because the draft is still, like, a week away. But the name you keep hearing is Amin Thompson. And when you look at you know, his profile, 6'7", defensive playmaker. He has all the tools, has all the upside. And you look at the guys the Rockets have drafted in the past, you know, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., those are players that scream upside. And if, you know, they hit, then you're looking at potential cornerstones of a franchise. So there's a reason, there's a good reason why Armin Thompson is the name you keep hearing. Now, obviously, they still like Cam Whitmore. They still will do their diligence with, you know, his brother Asar and then other guys, but a week out to the draft, the two names I'm paying attention to, the two names I'm paying attention to are Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. Yeah, and then we're gonna parlay right into a, a Cam Whitmore question. So that's perfect. We have people saying, you know, and we've heard we've heard you say, you know, the Rockets are going BPA, but we've had some people say, hey, you know, maybe the Harden coming back may influence them to go a Cam Whitmore route. So you think there's real smoke with with Cam Whitmore at four, and you really think it's 
it's BPA. They actually like him more than Armand Thompson. I mean, I think the Rockets learned their lesson last year of, you know, the draft is so unpredictable because for a while, everyone thought Jabbar was going number one and that kind of influenced other things down the board. So I think at this, this time around, they keep, they're, they're, they're trying to play it safe in terms of you have your prospects you like. You probably have two or three guys at the top of your board, you know, Amin Thompson, Cam Whitmore, that you like more out of the rest of the pack. And over the next seven days, you guys are going to internally debate who is actually the best player available. Now, for people that say Cam because of James, I don't think that's smart because in this business, there isn't anything like, there isn't anything like a done deal. So you can't say we're going to draft Cam because he's going to fit at this position because player X is coming. Right, you have to. A twenty-two win team should not be thinking about fit when it comes to the draft. Just get the best guy available, trust your development, and let the rest speak for itself. So, <clears throat> if it ends up being Amen, if it ends up being Cam, it's because those guys within that Rockets front office have determined that this player is above this player. So at this moment, the name you hear most, as I've said, is Amen Thompson for a lot of reasons, but. Cam is also a very interesting prospect as well because, you know, he's athletic, explosive. He can score three levels. He's just – the problem with him is that he has certain holes in his game in terms of slowing down, understanding the game, you know, trying to rush things and process things. Whereas you see with Amin, playmaking, he make, he can make all those reads. You know, he's going to want to put pressure on defenses going downhill. The, the jump shot is a concern for sure, but it's not like we're talking about you know, a top 10 shooting team, top 15. This is a Houston Rockets we're talking about. And they, 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 need, they need talented guys on the roster, period. So if you were to take a step back and look at the, the team in a vacuum and say, in a three-year rebuild, we added Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., and Ahmed Thompson, I think you'd be pretty pleased with yourself going forward. I agree. You know, and you kind of touched on uh, something that just kind of came to my mind here. Uh, you talked about, like, nothing kind of being a set in stone um, and then, like, you know, how last year, how everybody thought Paulo yeah. was going to be the pick at three until, like, sure. before the draft. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think we kind of saw, not necessarily to the same effect, but something kind of similar to that happening where at the lottery, everybody was saying uh, Brandon Miller was going to be the pick at two for Charlotte and, you know, was going to fall to three. And, I mean, that could still very much happen. But, you know, today you look at, like, the the, the Vegas odds and kind of the reports that come out, it's like, Nah, Scoot's like very much in play for two, like might even be the favorite now to go to Charlotte at two. So um, in that scenario, right, where where Scoot does go to, do you still think that Eamon Thompson will be there at four? Because I, I mean, like, I don't know. I could see a world where he might go three and then, you know, you have to pick between like a Brandon Miller or you said a Cam Whitmore at four. Or what do you think is going to happen in that scenario? So you're saying if Scoot was to go at two, if Scoot yeah. was to go at two, um. Do you, I, are you still very confident that Brandon Miller's, you know, then the next pick at three, or do you think like the draft kind of? I, I think that? I think so. I think just because when you look at around the league, those two guys have impressed, you know, Portland and Charlotte. Now, granted, we still don't know what the Blazers are going to do at three because, you know, if you want to build around Dane, that's one thing. But at the same time, he has been on all those you know draft workouts and he's seen all those players up close, so. At this point, nobody knows what – only Portland knows what they're going to do. And you really won't know until you're on the clock for sure because these things can – they come so quickly that no one knows. But if Scoot has gone at two, I think Miller would be going at three. I, I don't think Ahmed would go over Brandon Miller at this point. I think, you know, Brandon <clears> – <throat> even though one could argue that they're in 
a pretty similar tier of prospects. I still think that after Victor, those two those two are the the names you hear most frequently about going two and three. You know, Scoot and Brandon Miller. Got you. And so I guess that kind of segues into the question we have about Scoot Henderson is, um, and this might be something more that Rockets Twitter wants more than anything. But do you know? If there's any like smoke to the Rockets potentially trading up to to draft Scoot Henderson at two, um, and if so, like do you kind of know what that package would look like? So I do know, you know, in terms of you know conversations at this point this week, any conversation between any team has just been you know very basic, very general, very you know conversation, just rudimentary conversation. I know they've spoken with Portland and Charlotte, but those teams haven't indicated as to what precisely they're looking for in terms of a return. So it's kind of hard to gauge what you would offer if you don't know what the team is looking for. Now, if you look at, you know, NBA history, for example, 2018, when Dallas moved up um, from five to three, they offered the Hawks obviously pick number five, but they also offered up a future first. So could that be some kind of barometer for, Jumping two spots in the draft, but also remember that class was, you know, Aiden, Jaron Jackson, Luca, like it was a very different perceived class than this one. So it, it really comes down to if <clears throat> the Rockets deem, you know, mortgaging assets as a worthy venture, you know, to going to get those those two guys. Do I think that's a smart thing to do? Personally, no. But, you know, I, I understand why people are super excited about Scoot and why people are so ecstatic about this guy to the point where you want to give up three first-round picks or give up, you know, a first and a future or whatever. But, um, no, I think at this point, those talks have only been, you know, very basic level. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about our last draft question right here. Of course, the Rockets don't just have the fourth pick. They also have pick number 20. Uh, last time you were on the show, Kelly, we talked about the Rockets in pick 20, and you said that they should probably trade it. Um, are you still under that assumption that they should trade that pick? And are there any guys they, they could have in mind at pick 20? Off the top of my head, I'd love a guy like Derek Lively, um, but I don't know if he'll fall that far. Yeah, but. I don't think I don't think Lively will fall on the 20. But um, the problem with the second first-round pick is that you're potentially bringing a guy into a scenario where there's already a logjam up and down the roster, you're going to add more players in free agency. Um, where are the minutes going to come from? So I think the best bet for them is to try and either move out of that pick by trading for a player, potentially adding that to a player like, you know, a KJ Martin or something like that, or, or just anyone in the roster that you can aggregate to trying to get, you know, a veteran player or, trading for future protect like future picks altogether because I just like in a vacuum, yes, you want to continue to add young players, but you've already done that in the past two seasons. And you've already had to go through the, the issues of, you know, minutes crunch. So do you want to put yourself through that again where you you know that this team is kind of pivoting their their strategy a bit, you know, with Ime and now this new revamp coaching staff Things are going to be a bit different this season. When an email plays, he leans towards a certain kind of guy, you know, in terms of he wants those experienced veteran guys that have been there before that he can lean on, you know, to help these young guys. So 
I think their biggest objective is um, getting guys that can help the young guys, not trying to stack on two or three more players in the, in the, in the draft. So that's where I stand on that. I hear you. And really quickly, you know, because we, we're done with draft stuff now, so we're going to kick it to the free agency. Again, as Rockets fans know, the Rockets got $60 million in cap that they're projected to have. That's the most in the NBA. Obviously, have all those trade assets. And so when you look at a guy like James Harden, you know, Kelly, we had to talk about James Harden. Yeah. They gave him the max. They're looking at, what, $15.5 million to around $17.2 million from what I saw. Yeah. So it looks like, you know, from conversations I've seen, you know, from the Athletic and other or news sources that the Rockets might not want to give him that max deal. Yeah. Do you think, and we talked about, you know, James Harden is a guy who's probably looking for that max, and if he doesn't get it, do you think he could even come to Houston? And what would an offer like that look like? Well, what's the what's the lowest you think Harden would even take to try and come back to Houston? The lowest I think he would take. Um, I mean, I'm, I understand why he wants the max, but if you look at if you look at it's crazy how we live in a day and age now where you can almost negotiate through media in terms of like I saw some reports out of Philly that said Philly's not going to be you know hell bent on it's not it's not hard to bust over there either so. If it's not hard to bust over here, it's not hard to bust over there. You know, I don't think any team is trying to give you the max at 34, like given your history with injuries and how, even though you have shown that you can still produce big moments in the playoffs, are you are you comfortable giving him $50 million? I don't think so. Are the Rockets? I definitely don't think so. So I think for them, if, if you could get something in the range of, you know, 30, Two to thirty-five, you know, I I could see that, but if you're pushing forty, you're asking a lot because they still want to add. They still have to add, you know, a wing. They still have to add a big man. You know what I'm saying? So there's still there's still work to be done on this roster. So you can't just as much as you love James, if you're Houston, you can't be too narrow-minded and you can't put all your eggs in that basket. You have to think what's best for the entirety of this roster. And this roster needs an upheaval, but it shouldn't come at the cost of dedicating 95% of your salary cap or 80% of your salary cap to one guy. I don't think that's the smartest. Unless you're talking about a bona fide first-team All-NBA guy. You know, I don't think it's worth that conversation. Yeah, so I mean, if they're able to facilitate down from the max to around thirty or a million, you know, that ties in with the Rockets trying to bring in three to four vets. For sure, for sure. Be talking about you know names that have been mentioned. Of course, it looks like they're heavy favorites to get a guy like Dylan Brooks. So far, it looks like they're really interested in Brook Lopez, and we'll ask about that question next. But as right. for like a Dylan Brooks type player, it looks like that might be happening. A lot of Rockets fans don't like it. I've recently come around to the idea. Um, just a really elite defensive player. Uh, we'll just have to see how he fits in on offense. But how much right. do you think the Rockets would be looking to pay a guy like Dylan Brooks? And do you think they would um, sway towards a shorter-term contract for him? Yeah, so with Dylan, I, if I'm a betting man, I would assume – I would say that he probably gets a raise from – I think he, he made 12 million this year. Uh-huh. I'll look it up for you. I, I, th- I think he could make – he could conceivably make – 17 18 on the, on this market. I think so. I mm. think he's a, he's an all NBA defender. Yeah, he made about 12 million this year. Yeah. <clears throat> he's an all NBA defender. 
Offensively, he struggled this season, especially in the playoffs when his game was kind of exposed. But I think that whole situation in Memphis was toxic more than what we even know. And I just think that he would he could benefit from a change of scenery. And I know the Rockets don't have a, a point guard yet, but in terms if they were to get someone like James or, or whoever, um, I think his catch-and-shoot numbers aren't, I think they're they're pretty league average, but they're thirty five point six percent on catch and shoot. You can work with that, you know, if you don't have to rely on him to create for himself all the time because you still have a Jalen Green, you still have, you know, Jabari Smith, you're still gonna add someone else, you know, to that mix. So um I know Rockets fans saw the playoffs and the Lakers and LeBron stuff and yeah. Dylan didn't do himself any favors, but don't get it twisted. He's gonna get paid this summer. Don't get it twisted. So it's more than I it's more than I thought. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Speaking of uh, guys getting paid, you know, uh, Udoka talked about yeah. uh, at his press conference, he wanted to to bring in a, uh, a big man to, to come into the, to the team this, yeah. this year. So how do you feel about, like, you know, the names that we, we've heard are um, the, the Brooke Lopez's, the Miles Turner's, the Clint Capella's. Um, I think we've even heard, like, Christos Przingis was a name that was floated right. out there. Right. Um, you know, how do you – you see the Rockets kind of approaching that. And then is that, are those guys, they plan to play alongside of Shingun or are we trying to replace Shingun? Like how does he kind of fit into this equation? So one of the names that I mentioned earlier, Clint Capella, the reason why I mentioned that is because if you are thinking along the lines of um, James returning, one of the reasons why James was frustrated in Philly, you know, that he expressed privately is that he didn't have, a lob threat. When you look at his time in Houston, why was he so successful? Of course, because of his all-NBA talent and his, you know, all-star running mate, Chris Paul. But he also had the vertical spacing of Clint Capella that was able to put pressure on defenses, which is able to, you know, allow guys to space effectively. And that's why a guy like Clint Capella makes sense to Houston. And that's why they still, like, they still like Clint very much within that organization. Now, other guys like Porzingis and Miles Turner or whatever you want to, you know, Brooke Lopez, you know, Brooke is, for, is certainly the favorite out of all those names for good reason because of his two-way ability. But, you know, you can't put all your eggs in that basket as well, like with any player. Like if Milwaukee is hell-bent on resigning him, you have to have backup options because you may – Emin's gonna. having a big, a, a very big say in terms of the players that he's going to coach and ha- play in his system, and him and the front office are working hand in hand, you know, throughout this process. The draft pr- probably not as much as frequency and trades, but specifically that part of the, the off season, he's he's very involved. So, you know, he wants a certain kind of big man. He wants different kinds of big men. So, if you have Shengun in place. You can still get a guy like Clint or whoever you want on the market and, you know, let Ime work out how he wants to work it out. But I don't think I don't think they're they're, they're saying player X we bring in is going to be the starter. That's 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 Ime's job at the end of the day. OK, so and do you think there's even like a uh, like a scenario? Cause I know that some you know people point to how the Celtics ran Al Horford and Robert Williams, you know, to like the double big line over there. Do you think that's something that we're going to try to do over here with Udoka, or is it like, nah, we're going to have Shingon and, you know, for example, Clint Capella, like that's the center rotation and, you know, starter, backup, whoever, you know, 
comes out over there or is it like a play together uh, situation? I, I, th- I don't think we would see that. Maybe at times in games, but I don't think to start because you still have, you know, Jabari. You know, you still have other guys in that roster. So I don't think – I would be surprised if they did like Shangun with another big because, you know, Shangun's still not an effective floor spacer yet. So I, I don't think you could do that with – like it would make the roster – it, it would have to be a guy like like a Brook Lopez or like a Supreme floor space to make that work. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying, you know, I don't think that it's likely, in my opinion. Makes sense, makes sense. Now, Kel, you know, we got to talk about these rumors that have been coming out about uh, Zion Williamson. We had our guy, Rocky <laughs> Arlo. Yeah. Shout out to him. Really good on draft content. I'm giving him a follow on Twitter. <clears throat> Like, sure. you know, he, he had reported, you know, you know, you know Zion yeah. Williamson could have some interest in Houston potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, what have, what have you heard on that on that front? Or what do you think about that? I mean, he, he is – Zion is a guy that, you know, Houston likes for sure. But the, the tricky thing about that is this is a guy that was drafted number one like a few years ago. So if they're already willing to move off of him, the Rockets would have to be very careful in their due diligence as to why, you know, because is there a serious health concern that we don't know about? Is there, like, you have to actually dig in on a player like that that hasn't played, that's been unavailable for the majority of his career to date. You know, you have to dig into the real reasons why, and, you know, that would have to, you know, that that would preclude any conversation. Like, for example, if you said, would would Houston trade four for Zion, like not obviously by itself, but I'm saying a package involving four that could get Zion, I think the answer would be yes, but they would have to do an extensive amount of research. And I'm not sure if you can do that in a week's time. Like, you know, they would have to do a lot of digging because a team like New Orleans that's put so much into one player, I don't think you just put on that guy without getting a serious return, right? So it would have to take them a lot of stuff to give up. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about it on, on Rocky's Twitter. And it's a guy who hasn't played more than 30 games more than once, you know? So it's, it's, a, it's a risk on Houston's front. You want to gamble your three-year three, real, three year rebuild on a guy yeah. like that. Obviously, if, if it works out, it's a great gamble. But, yeah. you know, on both sides, it's almost like you you don't you don't yeah. know if they would do a move like that. Yeah. yeah, had to bring it up. Had to bring it up. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get you to the next question. Yeah, so uh, the next question we got is, you know, we've been seeing that um, I think almost all of the players for the most part are, or at least not, I don't know all, but like I know a good chunk of the players are kind of in Houston right now working out. Um, and so do you know if there's like any, you know, early standouts as far as, you know, guys who were, uh, you know, maybe doing themselves some extra favors with Udoka, um, <coughs> you know, in the rotation next year or, you know, any, any kind of, I guess, like information on that? You mean like the current guys in the roster? Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard, I heard one name I've heard a lot that looks really good is Josh. I heard that Josh looks really good. Um, I heard obviously you saw Jabari; it looks a little bigger. I heard Jalen got bigger. He put about, I think he's pushing one ninety five now. So and he came in at one seventy eight, right? Yeah, something like that. Like he's like one ninety five, close to one ninety five. Um, I heard he looks really good too as well. Um, but those two stand out um, in terms of the 
you know, like if they're playing one-on-one, whatever, scrimmaging, whatever. Um, those two guys have stood out to me that, that I've heard have stood out to me. Um, but, you know, at this point, at this summer, everybody looks, everybody looks good, you know. So, you know, you won't really figure out stuff until training camp, which is when you really get down to the, the nitty-gritty of everything. Um, but these guys know that shit is going to change really quickly. Like once these veterans come in three, four guys that want to win and are not going to put up with nonsense, people's people are going to have to shift their mentalities pretty quickly. So, um, I would expect a very fierce, um, training camp and competition for minutes and stuff like that, because this is, he may bring in change and he's already brought it from day one, but even more so once the game's actually come around the corner yeah and so uh this kind of we kind of start coming down the stretch here um yeah i think you kind of alley oop the the last question we had at least last question i had as far as um you know yeah there's gonna be some some guys who are going to have to either take a reduced role or right. probably you know find a different team to play on next year because we're you know we're gonna be bringing in all these bets and you know there's gonna be a rookie coming in um so who do you think are the players that are safe as far as like in some form or fashion, they will have a spot on this team next year. Um, safe. I would. Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> I, so I, I, how am I gonna put this? In terms of like rotation minutes, or in terms of like roster, like safety, like front office type, like rotation. Um. I don't know who. Uh, yeah. I don't know who rotation wise. I'm not gonna lie. To I you. guess as far as like the organization is, so the organization not gonna trade this. Guy okay, or, so those guys: yeah. Jabari, Jalen, Alpi, and Tari, and then to a lesser extent, um, Scoot. But those four names for sure are um, safe. Hundred percent. I hundred percent. I don't say hundred percent, but they're not trying to. They're definitely not trying to trade those guys. Like they aren't trying to trade. A lot of guys in their roster, but they're definitely trying to trade those four. I saw something today that said, and I don't know if this one you can speak on, but I saw something today that said, um, I think it was like a Dream Shake article that said that the Rockets are like secretly trying to move KPJ or something like that. Um, I don't secretly? Know you, <laughs> that's the that's a that's a quote. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. That came out today. Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Yeah, but while he's finding that, I was I wanted to ask about again. Um, you gave an answer. KJ is a guy who I thought, and I've seen recently. It could have been your article or somewhere else's, but you know, KJ might stay on the team, you know, for a while and see what to do with the contract extension. Yeah, that's a guy who kind of seems like an odd man out in a yeah. know, system, just from a three and D standpoint. Yeah. So, you think that's a guy that they would just look the package? And and I, I saw you even mentioned it earlier. Yeah. You said KJ in like twenty. Yeah, I think if they were to move a guy, that would be, you know, the most likely candidate because he understands similar how he was last year that when you look at the roster and his position, there's probably going to be a logjam pretty soon, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, whoever you bring in is going to push other guys down. Whoever you sign in free agency is going to push other guys down. If you trade for somebody, you're going to push other guys down and – He's at a position in his career where he wants to play, you know, as many minutes as possible. That might not be possible in Houston, you know, for like the minutes he's looking for. So, you know, he's a guy I would be I would look out for for potentially being traded. You know, I just think that 
you have to clear up roster space somehow, right? And at some point, if you want to actually seriously go about free agency, how how you've talked about behind the scenes, so um, that package makes sense to me personally. You know, mm-hmm. KJ and twenty to because there are teams that like him a lot. Like I know Utah likes him. Um, I know the Clippers like him. You know Dallas. You know Phoenix to a certain extent. Like. There are teams out there that like KJ for what he because he's still young. He's coming off the best season of his career. Um, he's athletic. He has a ton of upside still. You know, if he can put together some more parts to his game, he's a guy that can make himself some nice money. So, um, but in terms of the current roster, I think he is the odd man out. Yeah, and then before we get back to Will, real quick, I got to ask about Jay Shante. He's making that's, that's what I was going to ask about. He's making around six point five million. That that might be a good contract you want to move. If you're going to be bringing a guy like Dylan Brooks, for sure, you yeah, know, you want to bring in a center as well. That's going to be pretty pricey. I think Jayshon's a good candidate too to trade, right? Yeah, because his his salary, I think, was a seven million. It's still, you know, it's a team friendly contract. Um, like in terms of moving it, he's also a guy that a lot of playoff teams like in terms of what he brings to the table. He's tenacious. He's versatile. Um, he has that culture, that mindset, that that dog mentality. But he's a guy that I think the E could use quite well, honestly. Um, you want to you want to keep adults in the locker room if possible. And um, Jay Sean didn't last season because he was injured. He didn't have a chance to help in the best way he could, and I think that hurt them a lot. I think that part was wasn't discussed as much. But I think from a player standpoint, I think him and E you know, people talk about Tari and E but I think Jay Sean as well. Should be put in a similar category because he is, he has shown when he's been healthy that he can defend one through four, one through five. He can, you know, he can, he can handle the ball some. He can, like, the shooting's still going to come up. But as far as what Ime likes, that culture, that team first, like, always moving the ball, you know, getting low on defense, Jay Sean is that and then some. So, you know, I, I think that there's a role for him. But if, if not, you know, there's also a role for him around the league. Like, let's yeah. not be crazy here. This is a, a talented guy. Yeah, Jason, you know, when, when you play like that, you perfect fit for Udoka, but obviously the main standout is is the shooting. You know, we, we yeah. were waiting on it to, to translate from past yeah. season. We yeah. didn't see it and he was hurt, but the shooting does come. Um, he's, a, he's a great fit, I agree. For sure. That's, I'm, I'm, that's it for me. I'm out of <laughs> questions. <laughs> Well, I thought you, you you was cooking with something, but yeah. Oh, I mean, I have the uh, the quote. Um, oh, the Brooklyn uh, thing. Yeah, well, it was a. It was yeah. I don't know. Do you want me to still read it out to you? Yeah, it was, that's it fine. Said, yeah. um, I just had it. Um, oh, from the Dream Shake article. Yeah, it was a Dream Shake article. It says the uh, if a trade cannot correspond with the Portland Trailblazers for the Rockets or Nets, those two two teams could figure out a trade amongst each other. The Rockets secretly want to trade Kevin Porter Jr. Um, and then said for the Rockets to do the unthinkable and get to Bridges, a third team might need to be involved. So the 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 standout there was just the Rockets secretly, you know, want to move Kevin Porter Jr. And I, I don't know if that was something that you had kind of heard of or um, this is also news to you. Secretly, out of the year. No, I mean, I think, you know, specifically for Houston, um, they've kind of, They've grown to like, you know, Kevin as a, as an individual. You know, obviously he, he came in with some baggage and he came in needing some cleaning up to do with his act and mature wise. But they've 
since been spent a number a lot a lot not a lot they spent a lot of time with him and they've been able to kind of see his development as a player as a person um even though I wouldn't put him in that core of guys like I mentioned the Taris the Jabari's Jalen of the world Shingun I think he's right in that next tier of guys that who has more value to Houston than any other team obviously like I think Houston values him more than any other team would for obvious reasons because you know, of off the court stuff but I don't think that they're because of that and other thing I don't think they're trying to actively you know move him I think there's a role for him especially off the ball you know if they can if he may can tap into some of that catch and shoot stuff that we've seen if he can tap into some of the you know athleticism his scoring ability I think that he could be a very useful guy off the bench or even if he's starting it doesn't matter Well, yeah, like we said, that, that's all we have for today, Kelly. We th- again got to thank you for, for coming on to the show. Uh, looking forward to the draft. We're going to see what happens. But again, for, sure. uh, for those still listening, Kelly, go ahead and plug your stuff one more time. So, yeah, uh, subscribe to the athletic. We got a bunch of draft content coming this week. Um, stay tuned to the ecosystem. We got some, some, some special guests coming. Um, follow me on Twitter, Kelly Eco. That's I K O, uh, Instagram. Holla at me. I'm always listening. And, I, and y'all that be talking shit about me, I be seeing it. I, be, I, be, I see it. I don't, I don't be caring because I love all y'all, but I be seeing it. But I love all y'all the same, man. <laughs> okay, we appreciate you putting out your content, man. <laughs> yeah, as, as always, man, y'all can find me uh, sure. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Braddle NBA. I'm more active on Instagram now. I'm going to try to run it up there. So show some love there if you can. But Will, I'll let you sign us up. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, by Houston. I'm going to quickly shout out um, the Rockets watch party. We're trying to pack that place out. So if you're in Houston, June 22nd, 5 p.m. post-Houston, um, the RSV tickets are free at rockets.com. So make sure you, if you're in the if you're in the Houston area, like there's no reason why you shouldn't be at the watch party. Um, so yeah, I'll plug that real quick. Um, but as always, Kelly, we appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. Uh, it was a lot of great nuggets you dropped for us today. So with that being said, we appreciate you guys for listening and we will see you guys next time. Y'all leave my boy Kelly alone. Y'all got shit. <laughs> hey, y'all, hey, do what y'all want. Leave <laughs> <laughs> <Get> below. <laughs> All right, y'all, I'm out. Peace. All right.